Thoughts are things. Something struck me while you were singing the song that was kind of unexpected, and that was to what degree, I mean, it's expected because of the song, but it's not necessarily what I put down in my notes, and that is to what degree am I willing to try, or what degree have I given up on a dream because I wasn't willing to try because I was living my life based in fear. And it really struck me how present this is in my life right now as I'm launching a new spiritual community here in Tucson and some people think I'm crazy. I've, I've, got, I've had that feedback, you know. Um, it's not easy launching a spiritual community by any stretch of the imagination. But I have to be willing to give it my all. I have to be willing to try. I have to be willing to say, I have something to say and I am willing to step up and say it in whatever venue I can find. <laughs> and it took me a while to get to that point. You know, we started off at my sister's house and that was lovely for the brief time we were there. And that just wasn't going to be a sustainable place to meet. And so then I went and I tried this online, like, experience where it was literally a produced video every week. And we did that for what, three months? Like three months we did that. But what was missing for me was this, community, being with people, having the tangible experience of being with people in a gathering, and that is so important. I mean, one of our values is community. And so I honor that by encouraging and bringing people together. So that's what came up for me while you were singing that. Thank you so much. So as I said earlier, I tend to shy away from the G word. And I do that specifically because it carries a lot of weight for people to hear the word God. And some people cannot move past the weight that they're carrying from their past to be able to understand from a new perspective. So I tend to use love or universal spirit or the infinite or the infinite creator, whatever comes up through me as a synonym for what many people will simply refer to in the shorthand as God. And I've heard a couple different acronyms for God over the years. One, good orderly direction. And isn't that the truth? If God or love or this infinite creative spirit is constantly unfolding in terms of creation, then it must progress in good orderly direction. So that worked for me for a very long time. Good orderly direction. The other one that I heard more recently and has been starting to make the rounds in some New Thought communities is greatness on demand. Greatness on demand. What a great understanding because here's the thing. Many people come to New Thought and the New Thought traditions as a way to escape their previously understood idea of God the God they once believed to be true. And it's so prevalent throughout our society. I was not brought up in religion, but I, just from being in this culture, had a very specific idea of what God was. It was something out there passing judgment on all of humanity, and you had to overcome something to live, a, to live actually, not even a great life now, but to live in the hereafter. 
once you, it's like it was all prefacing what happens after you pass off this mortal coil and go to the next thing. Well, that just doesn't make sense to me. So a lot of people come to New Thought because we have a very different understanding of God. And this idea that we have is actually in deep alignment with the mystics of the ages. Truthfully, Jesus taught the Father and I are one. What he's saying in that is that there is no separation between the divinity and the humanity. It's all one thing. And the more we begin to recognize ourselves as spiritual beings, not human beings have a, having a spiritual experience, we are spiritual beings having a spiritual experience because everything is spirit. The more we settle into this idea, the more we can actively use the power of creation for goodness in our lives. And that's what greatness on demand for me means. We get to utilize it on demand, no matter what, at any given point of the day. Now, how many, oh, clean up on aisle two. <laughs> it's okay. Y'all, are you, is everyone okay? So greatness on demand. So I'm going to ask this question. And for me, there's one answer. And it's rhetorical. I want you to see what comes up for you, and then I'm going to tell you what the answer is. The question is, what is God? I've given you a lot of ideas. But what is God? And here's the answer. God is you. God is you. You are greatness on demand. Are you demanding that of yourself? To live in greatness, as greatness, all the time, no matter what? The thing about God is we try to utilize language to define something that is beyond language. And the minute we use language to try to define it, we've now limited the idea of that which is unlimited. So it doesn't really work. You cannot use language to describe or define God. And the way that I come to a deeper understanding is through feeling. God is a feeling. And when I'm in alignment with that feeling, my life gets better. That's why I value the spiritual practice of meditation. And I do a centering at the, at the beginning of our experience together because I really, my intention with that is to bring us all into that frame of mind where we let go of anything that has preceded this moment, we let go of anything that we anticipate is to come, and just allow ourselves to be in the here and now. And from that point, we get to create magnificently. Language can only describe in limited terms. And therefore, when we try to describe God, our understanding of God becomes limited. There's no way to effectively describe God except to recognize what it is within you from that feeling place. Ralph Waldo Emerson, who was a major influence on Dr. Ernest Holmes, wrote this. A man should learn to detect, and women, again, we're going to, he's, he's gender specific here, we can let that go. A man should learn to detect and watch that gleam of light which flashes his mind from within. 
more than the luster of the firmament of bards and sages. Yet he dismisses without notice his thought because it is his. I'm gonna read it again, because that's a lot, that's like a lot to unpack, right? A man should learn to detect and watch that gleam of light which flashes across his mind from within, more than the luster of the firmament of bards and sages. Yet he diminishes without notice his thought because it is his. So if I'm breaking that down, a man should learn to detect and watch that gleam of light which flashes across his mind from within. So we all have access to the inherent light that is this divinity that we can feel, we can experience. It's hard to put into words, but we all have access to it. And sometimes we have flashes of this divinity more so than others. And frequently that's because we've maybe gotten off onto a jag of erroneous thinking that is not in alignment with what we would like to experience. But when we come back to the recognition that the flash of the divine is within and inherent within each and every one of us, <sighs> that's what we need to learn to trust. He writes, a man should learn to detect and watch that gleam of light which flashes across his mind from within. So we need to start to become aware of this. Practices like meditation, centering, affirmations, uh, uh, affirmative prayer, these are ways that we are engaging ourselves mentally into recognizing those flashes from within. We must do this more than the luster of the firmament of bards and sages. Oh, see, this is part of my favorite aspect of this entire philosophy. We so frequently go to the book. We so frequently go to the literature. We so frequently go to the things that we've heard all around us and we latch onto them we start to make them the gospel. And what he's saying here is, we need to start to release all of that. We need to start coming to a place of understanding and trusting what is within each and every one of us. Because if we are an expression of that infinite divine nature, inherent in everything, then we have access to the infinite nature of it all to be expressed by means of us. There is absolutely no difference between the man, Jesus, or the Buddha, or Muhammad, and us. These are simply people who were tapped in to a degree that I think we're all looking to be tapped in. So we need to start trusting ourselves and trusting what is within each and every one of us. He writes, yet he diminishes without notice his thought because it was his. And we can, oh gosh. Have you ever had a thought and you say, oh, that's really great, but I can't know because it's mine. Start owning what's happening. That's a call today. Start owning what is happening in your mind. As we start to own what is happening in our mind, then we can do something about it. But if we're suppressing it or denying it, we can't do anything about it. We have to start owning it. I've had magnificent moments in my life and I invite them more and more and more. I've had magnificent moments of tapping into that light and allowing them to inform me. One of them was the seemingly, and I say seemingly on purpose, the seemingly uh, uh, mistaken point at which I realized I was meant to become a New Thought minister. Not because it was given to me that idea from on high, but, but because it sparked something within me. I fully planned on having a career as an actor and a singer, you know, till I was six feet under. 
And that all changed for me in 2005 when I walked into a New Thought Center for the very first time and I heard the message of love being preached from the stage and I had this awakening in that moment. That was a light, a spark of light within me. And it was very shortly thereafter that I was looking at the minister on stage and I said, that's what I want to do. I used to say, that's what I meant to do. But I don't think any of us are meant to do anything except that which is within our hearts. So that's what I want to do. That's what is now within my heart and I get to make a life change to allow that to unfold. So I go through the study, six years of study, become a minister, and that light sparked within me again, which is what took me to Toronto, Ontario, which was completely unexpected. And I went and I served there as a spiritual director of that community, the Center for Spiritual Living Toronto, for just about six years. And so there's that light motivating me into creation, into the action of living life magnificently. And again, I had this idea when I got there. I thought, oh, oh, I've arrived. I'm here, and this is it. I'm going to be here till I'm six feet under. <laughs> and I have to laugh because, you know, if you want to make God laugh, <laughs> tell him your plans. <laughs> it was about, um, well, just over a year ago. It was Easter of last year, in fact. That light shone within me again and presented itself and announced itself and said, what you were meant to do in Toronto is complete. It's time to go live the next stage of your dream. And that's what brought me back to Tucson, where I was born and where I was raised. I grew up here. I left here 21 years ago to go be an actor, became a minister, and it's brought me back here. So I've come full circle in a way. In writing down these thoughts, I thought, what did these events have in common? What these events had in common is I had to look past preformed ideas of what my life should be. I had to look past the limited conception of my own life to tap into that infinite, inherent nature, that feeling of God that is within. And one of my great lessons in this has been to learn to ask this question. And I encourage you all to take this as a question to ask at every moment of your day. If you're feeling confused about something that may be presented to you, ask this question. What wants to happen here? What wants to happen here? And see what you feel. And see what you think. And see how you feel about what it is you think. Because that will be your answer. What wants to happen here? I have never been led astray by moving forward with the answers in my heart to that question, what wants to happen here? In the same essay, Emerson wrote this, trust thyself. Every heart vibrates to that iron string. Trust thyself. Every heart vibrates to that iron string. That's a quote that confused me. <laughs> I thought, well, what does he mean by iron string? Like, what does that even refer to? I mean, you don't, use, you don't use iron strings on your guitar, right? No. So what is that iron string? And I thought, well, it's that which is unbreakable, that 
has a reaction to the energy that is put into it. So it's vibrating with an energy. We all have that energy within us. It's like a tuning fork. And we can tune in and align ourselves with that iron string, the energy and the, and the vibration of this divine energy. And when we're in that place, that's when we can lean back into trust. We, we vibrate at the level of spiritual truth when we are in the feeling of God. We vibrate at the level of spiritual truth when we are in the feeling of God. So trust thyself. I love acronyms. So here's my acronym for trust. Totally rely upon spiritual truth. Totally rely upon spiritual truth. To do this, we have to, we must, we absolutely must release our concepts of what we think we know and be willing to ask those questions like, what wants to happen here? What do I not know that I can now know? What is beyond my level of comprehension or the level of the things that I have decided or learned in my life? What can I now know? So where am I now? After becoming a minister, spending time in Toronto, coming back to Tucson, where am I now? I have a vision for this community. And I want to talk a little bit and tell you what that vision is. It's really threefold. I mean, part of it is the Sunday gatherings. But I find it rather perfect that we've ended up in dedicated a cafe for a while because it has informed how this may unfold in the future. So the threefold aspect of my vision for Tucson New Thought was number one, a thing that I have called over the years the Consciousness Cafe, which is to have a gathering space throughout the week just like this. But the whole point of view of this gathering space is that we can come together in community and celebrate the good in the world. And we can do it over a cup of coffee. And so there's a 24, well, 24 seven, I don't know if it's gonna be 24 hours yet. <laughs> But we have a full-time space available to come together and gather as community and have access to practices that are going to answer the deeper questions, the Consciousness Cafe. So that's in alignment with spiritual community, one of our values. The other part of my vision is Tucson New Thought there's a production arm of that, which I've explored that as well by doing these fully produced kind of Sunday virtual experiences. And so I've been kind of playing with that a little bit and seeing how that feels. And, and I think that that's something that can continue to grow because here's the other thing that I'm very interested in is while we are a local community, I want us to have an expanded global reach. Because the point at which each and every one of us is aligned with love and expressing that, that expands into the global community. And I want us to be able to share that with everyone. And when we share that with everyone, then we will attract people to this community, which brings me to part three of the vision for Tucson New Thought, which is to create, well, I call it a getaway center, a getaway center. I don't call it a retreat center because we're not looking to retreat from anything. We're looking to advance ourselves in spirituality. And so that's why I want it to be a getaway for people to come and advance themselves in spirituality. Now, we had a great... Um, talk yesterday about launching that idea next year and putting together a 
getaway for people to join us from all over the world for like four days, maybe a full week. And we've been starting to look at locations for places to go to, you know, engage in spiritual practice and have it be a place that people can come to as a destination. So that's part of our global reach and our extended community. So that's where I am now. These ideas that have come through that only require commitment and a decision to let them unfold. When the universe makes a decision, no, when you make a decision, the universe conspires to make it happen. I keep coming back to that. When one makes a decision, the universe conspires to make it happen. And unfortunately, I can't remember if it's Thoreau or Emerson. I think it's Emerson. But to allow that decision to come into expression, we have to rely on ourselves. We have to come into that place of totally relying upon spiritual truth. And that spiritual truth is inherent within each and every one of us. We become revealers of this truth by living in trust. So here's what I want to do. I did something a little different today to complete my message. And that is if you look on your handout, and I'm sorry I don't have this for everyone online, but I will put this online. I'll put it on Facebook. I have three questions for contemplation this week. What I intend with these questions is for you to carry this with you and allow yourself to be led into action through the use of these questions. Spend a little time with these questions each and every day and trust what comes up for you. Here's one thing that I will encourage you to do. Whatever comes up for you, don't judge it. Just recognize it. So free of judgment, these are the three questions. Number one, looking out. In what way am I more fully expressing my authentic self? Is what I do respectful, inclusionary, and steeped in a personal vision of my most magnificent life? So that's about looking out to the world. How am I being expressive to the world? Looking up. In what way am I consistently connecting more deeply to the authentic heart at the core of God or infinite spirit? So looking up is about how am I connecting to that which I might perceive as outside of myself? In what way am I consistently connecting more deeply to the authentic heart at the core of God or infinite spirit? And then looking within. In what way am I more fully embodying and expressing, living this question, what wants to happen here? In what way am I more fully embodying and expressing, living the question, what wants to happen here? On the very cover of the business plan that I put together for Tucson New Thought, I put in big bold letters I want Tucson New Thought to be a place where people can learn to live and use practical tools because just ruminating on philosophical ideas is not enough to change a life. That's a start, but that philosophy, the philosophy has to lead to action. And that's what I stand for in all that I think, say, and do. And that's what I'm counting on 
as we grow this spiritual community. And so I'm grateful to you for being here. I'm grateful to you for stepping it up in your own lives. And I'm grateful to you for the love you share in your heart with this entire community. Namaste. Thoughts Are Things is an independently produced podcast. You can check out my blog, sign up for regular updates, or leave a comment on what you've heard today by visiting jonathanzens.com. Also, check out the latest on the development of the spiritual community I am founding in Tucson, Arizona, by liking our page on Facebook. Use the search function on Facebook and look up the page by typing in Tucson New Thought. Finally, my book, Thoughts Are Things, is now available on Amazon.com. Just look up Jonathan Zenz at Amazon and order your copy today.